hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. This week we're talking about emotions that maybe we've all experienced, especially this last year, looking at it from a biblical perspective and seeing maybe how we can um, address these things in our life as they uh, come up and sometimes seem to just overwhelm us, maybe just like a tidal wave. Uh, remember in Noah's window, we're trying to keep our, our focus on the Lord, just like Noah focused on the Lord when he looked up through the window in the ark. So let's do that today. So yesterday we talked about being distraught, and maybe all of us have felt that a little bit over the course of the last year especially. But here's another one that I think has been um, a big problem throughout the world, um, and maybe it's touched every family, or especially over the course of the last year, and that one would be anger. You know, anger is kind of a funny thing, not funny ha-ha, but it's, it's, um, it's an interesting emotion. And of course, I'm not a psychologist. I haven't studied any of this. So if any of you are actually uh, educated out there, I'm sure you could set me straight. But from my perspective, my uneducated perspective, it seems to me like anger always seems justified. And in fact, it seems even righteous because I can't imagine even one example of, a, of an anger situation that doesn't arise because something is felt to be unjust. So if anger arises against something that's unjust, it, it just stands to reason that the anger itself feels justified. It feels like a, a, an emotion that's coming from a position of righteousness or justice. And so that's like the cause of the anger. Even if it's completely wrong, even if it's a, a child who perceives that you took something from them that they didn't want you to take, so therefore they feel it was unfair or unjust that you took it from them, whatever, even if you were, if you were to reduce it down to the, just the most simple elementary example in our life, if you think about it, I think all anger arises from a sense of injustice and therefore a sense of, of righteousness on its part. So if that is the case, and, and we know just generally that it can't always be from there, it can't always be um, from a position of justice or righteousness. It's from a per perceived position of justice or righteousness, because very often it's a wrong perception. Uh, but it seems to be right, elsewise we wouldn't be anger, angry. So when we're angry, it feels like something isn't fair, something isn't right. I saw a little comment that came through a little um, group um, conversation that was on my feed. And someone asked, even this morning, so is jurisprudence, can I say that right? Is jurisprudence dead in our country? Well, I won't even speak to that. I don't know. Um, but I'll tell you this. Jurisprudence is not dead in heaven. And in heaven, in the courts of heaven, God is always right. And he always uh, uh, brings justice from a position of true righteousness. He always knows all the facts. He has it all squared away. He's not being deceived by someone. He's not being misled by someone. God knows it all. And he will rule justly. You know, um, Mark, I've learned so many things from him over the years, but one of the things that he mentioned to me years ago, and it just really has stuck with me, is he said, you know, it's a good thing that God didn't make us to be a judge. Uh, when things happen in our life or, or when we're upset about something that's an injustice against someone we love or someone we care about, um, uh, fortunately, I'm not saying we should never take action, but God didn't make us the judge because God is the judge. And that by judge, I mean he's the one that will issue 
the judgment appropriate to the situation. And so what Mark had said to me is a good thing we're not the judge for two reasons. One is, if we were the judge, we might overreact. You know, very often when we're reading a situation, whether we're involved in it or not, whether we're just viewing it from a distance, we don't know all the facts. Uh, Oh, you know, I raised three children, so... Um, some of you would be able to relate to this, but one of the things I discovered among siblings, and honestly, this happened even when I was a kid growing up with my three older sisters, um, but there's something about the sibling relationship when things go wrong, um, that the siblings among themselves would like to direct parents, first of all, on what the facts are, because they're afraid their parents might not really know, and then they want to come and say, and this is what you ought to do. This is what they did, and this is what you ought to do, because they want to make sure that, that uh, you get their perspective clearly. Um, and very often, as a parent, what I knew was that one uh, sibling didn't know the whole story, didn't know what had just happened before that, didn't know the conversation I had already had with them or was about to have with them. So... Um, if we were judging situations and we wouldn't have all the facts, we would very likely overreact. But Mark said the second thing is this. We might underreact. We don't know, again, we don't know all the facts. Only God knows what is the appropriate response um, in a matter. So we're called on to not be angry, but to turn over these cares to God for Him to take care of because He will. He will, and we can trust that He will. Might not happen in our view, you know, uh, when I was raising my children, I made it a point if I had to deal with one of my children to make sure that he wasn't on display for the other two to watch. It was inappropriate. So um, God will deal with people privately, maybe publicly, but he will deal with them appropriately. And we need to trust him with that. So whatever you might feel anger bubbling up in your life uh, today, even I have a couple of verses I want to read to you, and I want to read to you from the Amplified Version. You know, I I love this Amplified Version because it kind of uh, clarifies some of the language, and I just feel like it it just gives so much color and clarity to what's being said. So first I want to read to you from Romans chapter 12, Romans, Romans, and Romans chapter 12. I hope you'll go and just read that chapter over and over. There's so much there. But, okay, we're going to jump in. Remember, Romans is a letter that Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome. And so he says to them, he's talking to Christians, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath and his judicial righteousness. For it is written in Scripture, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, oh, and we're going to shift gears here. Okay, so we're going to trust God to take care of the situation with his perfect righteous justice. We're going to trust him with that. We're going to bring the injustice to him and say, here it is, God, you take care of it. And then he gives us instruction. Okay, this isn't maybe what we want to hear, but listen to what he tells us. But if your enemy, not your friend, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome and conquered by evil, but overcome evil with good. So here's our response. When we're angry against someone that we perceive to be our enemy, or doling out an injustice that that just makes our righteous indignation come up, let's take that righteous indignation to God because he is the perfect judge. And then let's turn around and do the unexpected. Let's be kind. To our enemy, they're not expecting that. Let's let's feed them if they're hungry, give them a drink if they're thirsty, and do good to our enemy. 
This is radical, but this is what God has asked us to do. Now, one more passage I want to leave with you is from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. We're going to jump into verse or chapter 4 in verse 31. And uh, this is an instruction Paul has given. He says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. <laughs> Clarifying right after that is uh, the clamor. Perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault-finding, and slander. My goodness, he's been watching the news, do you think? Oh, okay, all right. Back, let's read the verse again. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, that perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault-finding, and slander, be put away from you, along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another, readily and freely forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Now again, Ephesians, it just seems to pour water on that fire of anger, doesn't it? Because he's telling us, uh, let it be put away, put it away. And remember, we just found out in Romans, we don't just stuff it somewhere, take it to God. Because remember, he's the perfect judge. So take all that to him, put away all this bitterness, and all the all the animosity, the resentment, the strife, the fault finding and slander, all these things, there's so much they just permeate our airspace every day right now. But this isn't what Christ followers should be part of. So we're gonna put all that away and instead, just kinda of like in Romans, instead, be kind and helpful to one another, tender hearted, compassionate, understanding and forgiving. That's what God has called us to do. I hope we can remember to do that as, as Christ followers. That's what he wants us to do. That's, that's the way he wants us to represent him right now. That might not be the feeling that's welling up inside of us. But that's why we're different. That's why God has called us to be different. The Holy Spirit within us can produce these things. The compassion, the forgiveness. All those things He can do in us and through us if we will turn ourselves over to Him and our emotions over to Him. So I pray that will be the case for you and for me even today as we're navigating through these days. So let's have a word of prayer this morning. Oh, Father, please help us to remember how much you love us, how much you've forgiven us, each one of us, not just in that big, universal, total sweeping forgiveness of all the sins of our past, but each and every day as we fall on our face and fail you and let you down, and yet you forgive us and you still love us. Help us to extend that kind of forgiveness and love to others. Help us to remember to be kind to our enemies, to represent you well in these difficult days. And Father, we need the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us for this to be the case. And we're going to trust you for that. And we just want to love you and serve you and represent you well in this day and in this hour. We thank you, Father, for all you have done and all you are doing and are going to do. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope this has challenged you even today to just let God put out that fire that might be burning inside of you. Put a smile back on your face and look for someone to be kind to and to express his love to you. So I love so much hearing from you. 
If this is speaking to your heart or something that you've thought of that you want to share, please text, uh, talk to us to 97,000. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you to all of you who've been reaching out. It's just such a joy and an encouragement to hear from you. And we pray that you'll have a blessed day and look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless.